cosmetic nurse specializing in skin injectables and a midwife, but really, I'm just somebody who loves all things education and self-empowerment. I'll be here weekly. Well, I've had a little bit of a hiatus the last couple of weeks, but to bring you Bringing Up Beauty. I feel like for the last decade, all things beauty treatments, regimes, procedures, as well as just purchasing in store has generated a little bit of hate. I know I have felt condemned to hell for the procedures I've had myself, not only by friends, but also the space I work in. It's okay. Here at Bringing Up Beauty, we talk about products, we interview amazing guests, and just the general mood of trending beauty. I'll also talk about what I'm currently having done, have had done, and I'm happy for you to send through questions or emails, or even happy to trial anything that you aren't so sure about. So let's get on to this week's um, product highlight. I'm pretty excited about this highlight, to be honest with you. So this week is all about home care. Um, well, home care, and I guess the highlight is anyway. Um, and I have discussed uh, last week about face face masks that I use, and I'm definitely like a firm believer that home care really will enable any type of in clinic treatment that you're having to be that much better with with that in saying that you also not only are using creams and serums and daily products there's also an addition of masks particularly hydrating masks when we're coming into summer that will really enable your skin to feel plump and rejuvenated so probably about two months ago i purchased the hyaluronic mask by salt of hendrix along with their jade roller um i've been a little bit mm, unsure sorry there's a plane going over been a little bit unsure of jade rollers for a long time only because i really didn't understand the benefit of them look we know that you can put spoons on your eyes to reduce the puffiness things like that and i guess essentially a firm cold stone is going to allow circulation and the movement of any type of um, fluid build up in any area so i thought all right I'm going to do it. I'll buy it. It wasn't too expensive and it is a, a, a jade one. I know there's a couple of other different ones out there that people tend to use as well. So this is the one I went with. And to start off with, I love this mask. This hyaluronic mask is bang on. It is super, super, super nourishing. You can actually feel the water volume in it. So for anyone who kind of doesn't understand, hyaluronic acid attracts water. It's in our, nat- in our bodies naturally and it holds and stores water. It's the same with dermal fillers. That's what it's made up of primarily. And so you can actually feel that retaining water element and you get that quite, um, not puffy, but definitely a volumized appearance. Um, it's light, but it also just is, is super hydrating. So I wear it overnight to bed. There are a couple of ways that you can do it. At first, I was just putting it on after an at-home glycolic peel and allowing that um, hydration to settle in and then removing it and then I kind of um, read a bit more about HA and leaving it on your skin and the benefits that it will have and so I started to actually leave it on <laughs> overnight and I found it was really good I wouldn't do it every time every night or anything like that I think it's probably not a product that you can substitute for your retinols or your other active serums that you might use at night I definitely only recommend it potentially once a week um, for that type of use, unless you're doing it twice a week as a mask and then applying your normal serums. That would be a really good way to do it as well. So for me, I do a at-home glycolic peel. So I'm really lucky to be able to have something compounded for my skin. And then I put it on afterwards for the same amount of time and I just get that real glow, which is really awesome. 
I'll put the details in the link um, below this podcast. It's not expensive, um, but I actually find it really, really beneficial. There's a lot out there with regards to hyaluronic and how much hyaluronic is in a uh, product. So it's good to be able to understand the quantities that, it, that are involved in those. And I might actually write a blog post when you're looking for um, serums and hyaluronic particularly and what you need to find. Also wanted to add... Um, Funny enough, I kind of had a bit of a hiatus from this podcast because I'd had a couple of really negative reviews on my first episode or first two episodes. And look, I am very solo in this podcast. I'm, you know, I've been making a Mama Know How podcast, but it seems to have been fine, the little, you know, issues that I've had with that one. But this one, it's just, I don't know, people seem to be a bit harsher on me about it. So that's fine. If you hear dogs in the background, chairs squeaking, like I don't know how to edit that stuff out and I really don't have the time to go and like find it all out. I'm doing this because I just want to share with you a little bit of you know what I do and what I know um, and try to bring you something different. So I'm sorry if, if it's not up to scratch for some people, <laughs> but just listen and let me know if you know any tips on anything that I can remove from this that would make it a little bit better for you. I'd really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Acne is oh, literally was the bane of my existence for so many years. So I have, I think I have told a little bit of a detail about my acne experience. So I was on the pill from 15, went off the pill at 19, moved to Melbourne when I was uh, 20. And then for whatever reason it was, whether it had to do with the climate or it had to do with the whole um, changing of my hormones, which is probably the likely cause, my skin just lost its mind like properly cystic acne bubbling under the skin sebaceous um like cysts so pussy red sore big and lots and it went from you know my ear all the way down my jawline to my mouth and then up the other side didn't really have it in the pits of my cheeks um did have it down my neck sometimes but never on my back and not along my chest either um and i think i tried every everything under the sun to try and make that condition go away it was a struggle and I felt like I pushed through with like I'm confident it's fine but really when I look back I was you know 21 going out all the time you know not probably making the best life decisions either and it really affected everything in my life because I'd go on beach holidays and I just had these red lumps like red lumps all over my uh lower cheeks and jawline and it was just horrible and so progressively since then I've gone through lots of different treatments and trying to sorry hold on my dog is just losing <laughs> her marbles anyway so really at the end of the day I suffered from it for a long time I still suffer from it I always tend to get breakouts whenever during the month some say it's my estrogen levels others just say it's my endometriosis I probably say it's just something that in my own body people suffer from. You know, but people some people have, you know, low thyroid or or other things. I just have bad skin. Um, so acne is defined as one of well, it is the most common skin condition, um, particularly throughout um, your first world country, so America, Australia, um, and parts of Europe. It an opposite it. 
in statistics that I have found, it affects up to 50 million Americans annually. And now there's a kookaburra. <laughs> anyway, so it generally will begin at puberty um, and affects many adolescents as well as young adults. So your, your percentage of people having acne in a time frame is generally between 12 and 24. So that puts me smack bang in the middle and now I still probably just have some ramifications from that time I did have acne. In saying that, we now know that the use of the pill obviously um, suppresses certain hormones which are most likely to be causing acne. So if you think that your daughter is, you know, if you were suffering acne at 14 and the doctor said you need to go on a pill, you've probably suppressed that um, immune response of acne until later in life when you've either changed the pill, you've come off the pill, you've chosen a different form of contraception, all of those, all of those different areas. So that's why I think that span of time is so different because some people will just ride it out and use, you know, potentially different forms of topical products or others will say, go on the pill, it'll help with your, um, your, with your acne. But it really, at the end of the day, it's a covering. It's a band-aid effect like anything. Um, acne can occur, can occur at any stage of life. So even though we say the most prominent is between 12 and 24, it can happen in 30s, 40s, and it generally will um, occur in adults in, as increasing the effect of up to 15%. So if you have it in your early adult years, the likelihood is that you'll still consistently have some form of acne concern later in life. So in 2013, the estimated treatment cost and loss of productivity who sought medical care for acne exceeded $1.2 billion. So more than 1.5 million people sought medical treatment for acne in America in 2013, primarily children and young adults. And the lost productivity among patients and caregivers due to acne was nearly 40 hundred four hundred million dollars so that's from um, a new york journal which is talking about um acne and that was published in april last year so acne vulgaris is the technical term for acne and is simply known as acne but it is a common chronic inflammatory disease of the glands that produce sebum so sebaceous follicles so um any production overproduction of a certain um sebum creates a build-up response in the skin which causes redness which causes that lumpiness and then you can either get just pustules which is you know the discoloration with the pus or they can just be underneath the skin um generally the disease results in the formation of inflamed um elevation so papules pustules nodules and cysts um, as well as condones which are blackheads and whiteheads and then ultimately you get scarring on the skin from not only the acne or the result of that sebum but also then how you treat it so i pick therefore and i also have a, a fitzpatrick's skin scale of about three to four so i'm very prone to scarring and scarring darkly so my skin currently i have quite i have a couple of pits where the acne scarring is present as well as old dark uh, little spaces where the acne was there as well which is really really annoying because I have relatively clear skin, like currently I have one pimple, but I have relatively clear skin, but it doesn't look clear. You know how you see those beautiful girls who have these incredible porcelain-like skin? My skin's never going to be like that, ever, which sucks, but what can I do about it? Like, it is life. Um, so acne is the most common um, disorder treated by dermatologists and other healthcare professionals, with over 90% of the world's population affected by acne at some point in their life. So, like I said before, it's something that just 
can happen because of the makeup that our bodies go through. Um, although it is a skin disease, it can lead to obviously emotional and psychological issues. And lots of people are super, super, super self-conscious about it. I know sometimes I am, particularly when I was suffering at my worst, it, it was it was really bad. And several studies have confirmed that acne can affect your quality of life. And we also know that as well as your self-esteem, mood, in an adverse manner. It's chronic, it hurts. And it also is a multifactorial pathogenesis. So there can be a number of things that cause the acne, whether it can be your gut, your hormones, genetic factors, lifestyle factors. Um, all of those things really can transpire and cause acne. So it, there's been so many studies about acne. I was reading through it during the week and I just find it so interesting because you read about it and you're like, oh, I went through that and I went through that. And, oh my gosh, I dealt with that. So apart from the basic belief that acne results in the spacious gland hyperplasia, so it causes that follicular differentiation and then it keratizes. So pretty much all of that means is that it creates a redness, it can create an underlying lump, it can create um, a pustule, you can have blackheads, you can have acne rosacea, you can have acne cosmetica, you can have, uh, there's about a thousand types of acne. Among that, the most common is obviously acne vulgaris, which is presents in 99% of acne cases and that is where it is the inflammatory skin disease characterized by the inflammatory or non-inflammatory lesions um so another one said that globally 681.2 million in 2016 experienced acne and that's an increase of 10 percent from 612 million in 2006 which i find super interesting so what are we doing that's making us more prevalent to acne is it the food we're eating is it potentially the um alcohol we're drinking is it the pills and the medication that we're taking it could be any of it crazy so in 2010 it was ranked the eighth list of most prevalent diseases in the world um so it's just it is increasing and even this one this study actually said from puberty to 30 years of age crazy so yeah so with acne it if you feel like that you're suffering from acne of any type so any of the potential ones underlying acne red sebaceous acne blackheads whiteheads um cystic or non-cystic i would definitely recommend to seek treatment and not treatment from just one professional i know that might sound a little bit crazy most people you know when i was going through it would say go to see a dermatologist and yes definitely just be aware that um, they might offer uh, quite simple um, options, which might be your peels or your micros or even your skin needling. We've seen a couple of instances of those recently. Um, but they also could then tip the scales and um, vocalise medication as well. And to be honest with you, if you've tried everything and you have no other option and, and you know it's affecting quite a lot of parts in your life i would definitely say talk about it read about it pick somebody who's gone through the medication route and see if that will help in saying that there are a lot of side effects from the medication which can cause you know dryness around the mouth really quite dry skin obviously there are some psychological issues that come along with that medication that are quite well known um, so it is definitely important that you understand everything that encompasses taking medication for acne treatment Including the pill. That's that's quite a, you know, people say take that. But as soon as you stop taking it, the band-aid rips off and there's the wound again, which is the acne in a figure of speech. 
So how would I suggest that you look at treating um, the acne? First, I would definitely look look at some options of salicylic um, options as well as glycolic. They both have a really um, great route of kind of taking out the oil that sits in the skin, which can cause some of the sebaceous um, concerns. Um, then I would definitely look at some other options in your lifestyle, food that you're eating, exercise that you're doing, how clean are your sheets, how clean are your towels. Um, do you touch your face a lot? How often do you clean your brushes? What's this, What's the acne like? Like where do you put it in terms of, you know, sore or period or hormone? or So jotting down, like I do a food diary as well as a skin diary because I understand now my link is often around certain times in my cycle. A lot of people will have breakouts during their period and that's because of a certain hormone release that obviously causes menstruation. Um, by myself, I'm actually more when I ovulate and that would have to do with my endo. Um, yeah, so first off, you'd look at your lifestyle um, factors. So what you eat, how you exercise, the way that you live. Write down what you eat, write down when you have breakouts and try and see any correlation between those two. Whilst you're doing that, I definitely recommend to go and see a skin therapist or a nurse who is very passionate and understanding and education, well-educationed about skin and how we can look at treating it. And then probably moving into something like a dermatologist if, if all else fails. But that can be just discussed with your therapist at the time. And also encompassing everything. How are you feeling? Are you leaving the house? Is it affecting work? Is it affecting uni? All of those things that really can transpire and cause such problem in our lives. Um, so myself, when I had the cystic acne, I was going to go back on the pill. But the reason I went off the pill when I was 19 was because I had really fucked up symptoms from the pill and the hormones. I went loopy. Then I tried Implamon and that just made me even crazier. So I just decided that synthetic hormones were not something for me and that was just not going to work. And I guess I just pushed on with, with my skin. I was, you know, I was drinking a lot. I was working shift work. You know, I was trying to find money. I you know, moved home from Melbourne after a, a breakup. Um, and so it was all encompassing really when I was going through my worst with my skin. And that definitely obviously is a trigger. I also have IBS. So my gut inflammation is really quite out of control when I eat certain foods and so that definitely represents itself on my skin and I and I know I know that for sure so two years on um from the worst I'd started becoming a cosmetic nurse and that's when I really grounded my love for skin and the in-depth nature of skin and how you deal with you know pitted scarring um different scarring all of that type of stuff rather than just treating the skin and then you know leaving it we want to on go and care for the skin as we as we best we can so i definitely started with peels and for me i think that's where the game changed doing weekly glycolic and then i'd alter between salicylic as well i did find in the beginning it kind of had more of a sensational breakout straight away but over the years it's really cleared up my skin and created such a such a difference in my skin and i know when i haven't had a peel i can feel i can feel the um the build up underneath my skin because it's not only breakouts for me it's also lumpiness under my skin so micros are a good option as well um and then obviously i went into dermal fillers and then straight away prp for my whole face with with led lights 
And I think the rejuvenation from the PRP is great. Definitely under my eyes, I see a significant difference. But I do it, you know, twice a year. I don't really leave it just yearly. Um, and that also helped in the scarring through my, my cheeks. So at the end of last year, if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see this crazy photo that I posted. I think I just became obsessed with having clear skin. Now I just understand that that's just not going to be my path in life. I had a treatment called PDT, which is a like a pretty much just a severe chemical peel where it just sheds the multiple layers of your epidermis, which is the top level of the skin. Anyway, what happens is it's activated by a blue light, you become red, and then you break out in blisters. And it, what it does is it actually brings out all of those sebaceous um, parts of the skin underneath and brings it to the surface, and you get just pus everywhere. My whole face is pussy. My boyfriend, now fiance, literally said to me, if you do anything more to your face, I we are not getting married. And we won't even engage at the time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, so it's crazy. You can see a photo on my Instagram. But in saying that, I actually definitely think it cleared up my skin. It took a long time for it to actually recover from the from the trauma I, I, I caused it. But I definitely think in the long term that really did help. And that's coming up a year next month that I actually did that procedure. So I now go and see a lovely girlfriend of mine, Kayla. And she is Sunday Skin in Brisbane at Cannon Hill. And she is just beautiful with skin as well. She... Um, She's really encompassing. She's so knowledgeable about it and uses really great products. So I see her once a week, oh, once a fortnight, sorry, leading up to the wedding. Um, and we're doing a mixture of a couple of things. So I'll post some photos. I'll keep you up to date on what's happening there. Um, to be specific, what do I think I changed? Well, I definitely have a home care routine now. I definitely have regular um, skin treatments that I know are specific to my skin. And I'm really just aware of what I put into my mouth and how that affects it. Like I said, I quit smoking at the beginning of the year, which I think's also had a big um, impact. And probably just moving forward in more of an adult way rather than just being like, whatever, who cares? Life's, you know, YOLO type of theory. It's actually, I think about my skin. I never go to bed with makeup on. I always wash my face and make sure makeup's not in my skin. I wash my brushes once a week. I use lighter makeup now. Big list, really. I think that if you are struggling with skin and you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't really know what to do. I've been to multiple people. Nobody's really given me any answers that I would like. Come in. I will have a chat to you. We can see what we can do. We can look at a lot of options. Um, and if you're a bit nervous about some things, I get that as well. And we can kind of sit down and talk about the skin. I can look at what type of skin concerns you have and where they might be stemming from. And we kind of can go through a bit of like a holistic space. I'm not a nutritionist nor a dietitian, so I can't say to you about food, but I can say to you, um, discuss about what might cause and flare the skin, which is an anti, which is a inflammatory response to something that's going on in your body. Whether that is hormones, food, stress, lifestyle, all of those things will have an impact. So yeah, I definitely think that if you are struggling for something, come along. We can chat about it rather than just like hoping that a certain pro- a brand of 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 um, skincare will help. It it won't. If it's if it's that bad, you need to seek alternate routes and discover something that's going to help and actually change your skin big 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 change um yeah so that is this week's chat about acne i i think i'll always considerably talk about it because of my 
my experiences with it and how bad I suffered and how long it actually really it, it affected my mental health so badly and I would wear so much makeup like oh my gosh you could have eaten my makeup in like a you know swelled up ice cream cone I, it was so so much makeup and I look back and I never cleaned my brushes I wore like thick 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 makeup and that really only caused that bacteria to sit and stay and then dwell and spread and you know, it's, it's not good for you. And I understand that you want to, you really do want to cover it because you're concerned and embarrassed by it, but it is going to cause more concern if you continue to do that. So how do we empower you to feel better in your skin that you currently have whilst fixing it and ensuring that we can work towards something a bit better? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about those birds. beauty if there's anything you want me to try buy learn about or even conference you on let me know you can send me an email at nurse.tina.beauty at gmail.com again i apologize for those birds and the dog i guess still getting around and learning how to do everything i do record in my house which is an old queenslander <laughs> i need like a soundproof box anyway so thank you for this week i really do enjoy it and appreciate the support that you all do um, any concerns head over to my instagram or send me an email